0: Hi, everyone. I'm Tara Welcome to Time Out with Tinseltown Mom. I'm here today with Dylan Jarris, a mom and a seven figure Etsy seller who helps women make a living on Etsy and other platforms. Today, Dylan talks about her road to success and shares how moms can monetize their passions.
1: Hi, Dylan. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm excited
0: to have you on. So before we get into the heart of the conversation, why don't you just tell us a little bit more about yourself and your family dynamic?
1: Absolutely. Yes. So I am, first of all, I'm a military spouse. Um, my husband is active duty Navy. Um, he's been in about 13, 14 years and we live currently in San Diego and we have two kids, five and one. (laughs) So we're in the thick of it, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, we've been married seven years. My background, my whole background is corporate e-commerce and now I'm fully self-employed no more corporate life, but it's great. We have the full flexibility and we've um, kind of built up the business as a family. So um, yeah, that's kind of my background.
0: Okay. Awesome. What were your passions growing up? Like, what were you trying to pursue when you were younger? Yeah.
1: Yeah, So I actually grew up in Minnesota. Um, So on a farm, a horse farm and um, you know, hard work, baling hay, uh i was very athletic um my passions were i thought at first i wanted to be an interior designer i don't know if you remember trading spaces oh remember? yeah i do yeah, yeah tlc um i thought that's what i wanted to do um but you know i liked the business side both my parents were entrepreneurs my mom had a dental practice my dad had a construction company um so entrepreneurs their entire lives um so i was really surrounded by that and um i thought i actually wanted to go into the medical field because Um, I was, I was pre-med and my sister had an accident when she was 15. She actually, uh, she's my only sister. She had a heart attack, um, cardiac arrest in gym class. Yeah. Wasn't given CPR. uh, Was in a coma and now she has permanent anoxic brain injury. So with, with that happening when I was only 13 and then addiction is running in my family with my dad. So I thought I wanted to go into psychiatry and I was pre-med thought that's what I'm going to do. I wanted to go to Stanford. Um, I it was like my whole life mission to get into Stanford from age thirteen to seventeen. Um, but you know, I was waitlisted. Didn't happen. Um, ended up studying business at the College of William and Mary. I found that was more uh, intuitive to me than medicine. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that's kind of you know where my passion has lied always in in business. With some, you know, there's an art and a science to it. I really like both sides. Okay,
0: all right, awesome. And then when you did you graduate from college?
1: I did, yes. I um I went to the business school, studied marketing, international business, um, went, did a program in London on buying and product development. So um yeah, I graduated, did some interesting internships at Marie Claire, ended up getting my career started at Zappos, um, which is they're owned by Amazon. Um, so I was on the buying, uh, pricing, planning side. And then moved up to Zulily up in Seattle, um, still in the in the corporate ecom space. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what happened right after college. Okay.
0: And then how long were you on the corporate side before you decided? You know what? I have passions of my own that I want to pursue. Like, yeah. what did that transition look like?
1: Yeah, that was. I mean, it was honestly brutal. So I was. Um, I did about two three years at Zappos. Um, a little over a year at Lily and then I married someone in the military. And I don't know if you do you know much about military?
0: A little bit, but I know it's a lot of traveling, right? And and moving.
1: Yep. Yeah. With with his um, role, you know, we're never in one place more than two years. So you you work really hard to get a job, and then you have to move. And right. it's really common, you know, even college educated people, they'll just be underemployed because. They don't have time to build their career up um, and be one place long enough to do that. So we basically got married and moved, um, moved to San Diego and I had a hard time getting a job. It was, um, you know, I was up in Seattle. So (laughs) e-commerce, that's like the e-commerce giant up in Seattle. And um, I had the hardest time getting a job. I was almost like depressed about it. Mm. I was interviewing. I mean, I was applying to probably about 24 places. I interviewed at the zoo, (laughs) like the San Diego zoo. Um, Wow. and i was just desperate. um so i was dog walking, i was doing all these side hustles, house sitting, um just trying to find some purpose and i was really lost. but i was only 26. like that's way too early. Yeah. to, me to feel like your career's over.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wait, did you have kids at the time, Dylan?
1: No kids, no okay. kids. Yeah. Yeah, so i worked really hard um on getting a job and then in the meantime, i just listed something on Etsy that i we made for our wedding. Um I didn't think of anything of it. It was just a little piece of a little decoration. And two months later it sold. And it was like, right before we left for our honeymoon. And we, I thought now what this thing sold, it was just a picture from our wedding. I now I had to figure out how to actually make it and ship it. Um, so that's how Etsy started. It was totally unintentional. Um, wow. So yeah.
0: one item, you just had one item for sale and that's what started it all.
1: That's what started it all. Yeah. And um, then we had listings of that item doing over a hundred thousand dollars per listing. Um, for that one listing? so, uh, for the one item, we had multiple listings of it. Oh, but.
0: okay. Do you mind sharing what that item was or you, if it's confidential? Sure. Yeah. Well, what was it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's fine. It was a, um, it was a floral, uh, item, um, that was kind of with related to our last name. So fake flowers, um, okay. yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, um, so basically that was right after the wedding. We got a sale. I'm still doing all these job interviews. I finally get a job offer from Petco headquarters. But by that time I had my first thousand dollar day and I had this job offer. I have this Etsy business. That's like kind of taking off. The job offer was like, it was like 110 grand. And that time that was like pretty good. Um,
0: during that time, that's still good for a lot of people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, so I had to make a decision, and I was just praying about it, like God, give me a sign, like give me a sign, because it's my head says I should take this job, mm-hmm. my head doesn't really want to, yeah. Um, I, and so that thousand dollar day was my sign. Um, also, the same week we found out we were pregnant with our first baby. So
0: wow, <laughs> big signs, yeah. That was big. The big signs, exactly. Wow. So okay, so you start your Etsy shop with the one with the. Product there, and yeah. when you were getting those now were you just doing it? You and your husband making this item and shipping it out? Like what did that look like?
1: Yeah, we were in a one bedroom apartment with um, with a dog, and we had inventory everywhere under the beds, in the closets, in the kitchen cupboards, um, behind the couch, stuffed, <laughs> you know, behind the couch. And we did one hundred thirty four thousand um, dollars in revenue that first year. Um, oh Yeah,
0: hey, where one did one bed- it go from there, Dylan?
1: Yes. So basically we, we kind of got in trouble actually operating out of that apartment. Um, we, they didn't like our jigsaw on the, uh, patio, (laughs) like the neighbors were not a big fan. So we had to, um, eventually we moved our operation to along, um, side, actually the freeway. I know this sounds like I'm making this, um, but it was alongside one of the freeways here on a frontage road. And, uh, so we were doing part production there with the jigsaw and then bringing it back to the apartment. And, you know, the Navy then moved us. So we moved into a house in Connecticut, built the business up, uh, finally got some child care to help with the baby and um, scaled to see about 360000 in the first three and a half years um, in annual revenue.
0: With this steel, this, this one product?
1: Yeah, we, we ended in about three more products at that point.
0: Yeah. Well, it was you and your husband making them in your home at that point still? Yep.
1: It was me, uh, cause he was at work. So I had the baby, you know, in the ergo carrier and, um, the glue gun, I had to be very careful about that, but, um, yeah. yeah. What a story. Yeah. That's um,
0: amazing.
1: It was hard. And a lot of people thought, you know, you are crazy. Like just enjoy your baby. <laughs> and I'm like, I know I can do more. I can do it. I can do both at the same time. Um, yeah. Yep.
0: So from there, so three—that's three and a half years later. How did you go up from there, and how did you sh- start streamlining this so you're not doing all this physical work yourself?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I actually, um, we went on to Amazon as well, and we had our own website, Shopify. So we fully expanded, um, and then we took on our first employee. So my first assistant, um, and she, you know, was doing a lot of the packaging and things. So. You know, when you're a small business owner, like it's really hard to relinquish control. I find mm-hmm. um, with, you know, with a lot of things right? and mm-hmm. especially the product. So um, slowly bit by bit, kind of giving up some of that control um, was really helpful. Finally got childcare. We got a nanny. Um, and that way I felt really good about things. You know, kids can be home. I can, I can see them everything's, you know, contained and under control kind of, um, and yeah, just scaling by kind of getting myself worked out of the day to day. Um, but it was not easy. And I have to be honest, like we even got to a point, I, I don't really share this with, uh anyone actually, but we got to a point where I was working so much that I actually developed vascular disease in my legs. Mm. Um, so I had to, cause I was standing all day wow. making stuff. So I had actually like a four hour surgery to fix my legs. Um,
0: Wow. And that was (laughs) from standing. I've never been heard of that from standing all day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And pregnancy kind of made it worse. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, it's, that was just another reason to, you know, for me to get some help.
0: Yeah. I mean, but it seemed like at that time you could afford to get help too.
1: We could. Yes, we could. But one thing, you know, when we grow a business, a lot of small businesses, their revenue goes up, their expenses go up, sometimes even yes. more. That's than their
0: true. Revenue. You're right.
1: Yeah. So we're very, we run things pretty lean. Um, yeah. But it was worth it to get help.
0: Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So going back, I'm glad you you brought up your kids. So um, during this time, like how old, Now, how did you manage this? Because obviously you were working around the clock. You yeah. developed a disease in your legs. So we know that you were working very hard, but at the same time, you have a little baby and then your second one came along too, right? During that time.
1: Yeah. So, so with my five-year-old, you know, my husband was deployed, um, in 2020, uh, February, he left before COVID happened. Um, and then everything happened and I was alone. He, he, on a submarine, he was on a submarine. You don't have any communication. So he had no clue for months what had happened, um, here. Yes. Um so I was totally alone and running this business and that's when you know e-commerce really took off everyone's at home spending yeah. money. Um and yeah business really took off and my assistant moved at the same time so I was literally alone. Um and so the way I managed I mean it's kind of like I was drinking water from a fire hose but um make hay while the sun is shining, right? So the demand was there. Um, and I want, I did not want to miss the opportunity. It would have been easier just to close it down, try to like, just hang in there. But, uh, I just wanted to see how fast could the car drive. Um,
0: yeah,
1: right. so yeah, this little, you know, literally packaging orders. Wow. Like next, next to my child while they're in the bathtub. Um, I'm not kidding. So you, you do what you have to do. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then Mm -hmm. at that time you had no one helping you because of COVID no one, you couldn't be around people. So you're literally doing everything by yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. At
0: that point, did you have two kids at that time during COVID or is it just your one?
1: Just one, just Just one.
0: one. Okay. Yeah. All right. So where did you go from there? Like how did it scale from there?
1: Yeah. So um during all this time by the way we are we're highly uh, you know invested in San Diego real estate so we do like multifamily and things so we're moving quite a bit. So we moved got a bigger space so that we could have um more of a really dedicated workshop for the business and um ha- full-time employee and have our second child um and I'm slowly moving out and giving more ownership over to our employee and she's another military spouse so we can We are like fully employing someone else, which is just such an amazing feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so now, now at this point, um, let's say about one year ago, I started fully handing things off and I actually built a different business that was going to be, um, I would say a better return on my time. And that is a coaching business. So now, um, as of a year ago, I've started teaching people how to build multi six figure Etsy shops for themselves. Um, so work with a lot of moms um, and and dads and um, people wanting to leave corporate America or replace their income, and so twelve months later, uh, it's almost we're not even a full year old. We have uh, thirteen hundred students from all over the world, um, and that's another seven figure business for us.
0: That is awesome, Dylan. That's yeah. amazing. So you do the coaching yourself, or is it through? Because I think you have courses and things like that. How do you do it yourself? Cause that's a lot of your time too, right? Having to coach it someone one-on-one. How do you it make is. that work?
1: Yeah. So, um, our team's about 15 right now. We're hiring, uh, like crazy though. We're building the infrastructure to scale this further. And, um, so the, you get the course with lifetime access and then our coaching is six weeks to 15 months and you get myself and then my entire team of coaches. So I have six subject matter expert coaches that work alongside me. So you have a full team behind you. Um, daily coaching, weekly Zoom calls, uh, full support. And um, yeah, so it's not just me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Your story is amazing. I feel like you should write a book. I don't know if you're already starting one, but you need to have a book in there somewhere if you have time to write it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know I could. Yeah. I feel like there's so much more that's going to happen though. So I don't want to write it too soon. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah. Cause you're still so young too. And you've done all this.
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'll be 33 uh, this month.
0: Oh my goodness. That, and how old are your
1: kids today? Um, today they're one and five. They're almost two and six though.
0: Okay. Yeah. You did mention that. Okay. So today, what does your time look like today versus when you just started the business? Like how does, what is the difference there?
1: Yeah. So the time, my days look completely different now. Um, so I mean, with the coaching business, we're probably making, I don't know, 30 times more than what the Etsy side makes. So I don't really touch Etsy anymore. It's completely outsourced. Um, but with the coaching business, I am now just meetings all day, 12 hours of meetings every day right now at this mm-hmm. moment, um, and seven days a week, but it's worth it. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's so worth it. It's short-term pain for like building a long-term sustainable business. So basically we have our little one in Montessori kind of preschool. I don't know. I feel better thinking about it as Montessori. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know it's like it's bilingual too so that's kind oh, of good. Yeah. Um and then our older one he's in a christian school just down the street um so they they have 5 days i have 5 days of childcare um mm-hmm. and then my assistant at the house um every day and i'm just you know i hit the ground running first thing i do when i wake up i look at my phone and i put out the fires that's like 6 6 a.m. um Yeah. And I don't stop until about 1130 at night.
0: Now there's some moms out there. They are they have passions and they want to do what you're doing <laughs> um, or even just skim the surface of what you're doing, but they feel like they can't. They're overwhelmed. Maybe they're in a regular job, but they have these passions that they want to pursue. Um, well, let's start with you first. Like now where you're at right now, like how do you, and I don't want to say balance because it's never a real balance or like maybe manage. Like how do you, manage your passions and your career with your little ones? Like, let's say when they get home or, you know, how do you just manage that?
1: It's tough. I mean, I am very reliant on my husband, um, because the kids get home at four o'clock. I still have a few hours of meetings here and there. Anytime Mm -hmm. I get off a meeting 15 minutes early, I am with them. I'm playing catch. I am holding them like, (laughs) you know, contact. Right. Um, but I, a lot of times, you know, I feel like you can't be perfect. You know, I don't believe in balance at all. Um, mm-hmm. one thing I don't cook. I don't even, I have never, never turned on our stove.
0: Wait, how did you manage that? I want to get that off of my plate.
1: <laughs> you don't cook. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's the phase of life we're in. And I yeah. mean, so people say, Oh, that's so terrible. But we wrote, we literally rotate between Panda express, Chick-fil-A Domino's, <laughs> And then, my- <laughs> and then my husband cooks the rest of the nights. Um, <laughs> I have to be honest. Um, yeah. And so I don't cook. I don't clean. I don't do laundry.
0: Wow. Uh, no cleaning or laundry. That no. is awesome.
1: No, I don't do dishes. Um,
0: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Here comes the haters. No. Um, no, I
0: think that's great that you manage that. But, you know, you're you're providing a lot for your family right now. And this is a season. Do you know what I mean? So another season may look different, but this is how it is right now. You're bringing great wealth for your family. You're setting your kids up for success. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like you're providing a lot for your family. So I yeah. think that's a great and trade-off.
1: It is. And, you know, sometimes you have to think about like prioritization, okay. Family, but also like, where's my time? Where do I have the most leverage? Yeah. It's probably not worth my time to like spend 45 minutes doing the laundry. Um, instead I can spend 45 minutes coaching someone where, the rate is, you know, very high. Um, or I could be, you know, creating content for the YouTube channel, um, which is going to bring in just so, just so much impact for people. Mm -hmm. So it's just where you have the most leverage. And right now it's not with, it's not with things, honestly, things I don't want to do. I just move off my plate. Yeah. Um, But if you're in a position like for moms who are like, how do you even get from today to like that? I can't, I don't even have time to start a business. I mean, I would say it's really short-term pain. You have got to be willing to go through things that other people won't. Yeah. Um, Because it's not easy. And anyone who starts a business for the purpose of working less, they're never going to last. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I remember when um, I was working in corporate America and I was working on my passions, my brand, Tinseltown Mom, building that up. And I remember like trying to manage that, like I would, you would have to be creative. Like sometimes like we had a stove at one of my sales jobs, we had a stove at work. I would literally during my lunchtime cook at work during my lunch. So when I got home, the food was already ready. So I could take that off my plate. Good. Also during lunch, I'd be interviewing people. Like I try, I made it work, Like, you you find ways to make it work. Like if you have these passions, which I want to encourage mom's listening, because there's so many who do have passions. Yep. And then once the kids are gone, they're empty nesters. It's like, okay, I, I wish I would have pursued it. So I, I want to encourage the moms listening to find a way, like, even if it's just something small, working on 30 minutes or an hour a day to do that. <laughs> yeah. Now, in general, I know Etsy is a great platform for, and this is not a plug for Etsy. Um, this is not a <laughs> sponsored show or anything like that. <laughs> But, um, would you say that that's a relatively easy way for a mom who has maybe crafts or some passions to kind of get some sales or get some of their passions out there?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So like I do Shopify, uh, and Amazon and, um, with Amazon, like some of my students started with Amazon, they went like 30 grand into debt because you need to be, you need to have just high capital going into that if you want to be really successful, mm-hmm. um, so if you're not, you know, if you're not cash heavy, I wouldn't do Amazon um, with Shopify. You're not going to have traffic unless you pay for it mm-hmm. or it takes years to build that up. So I wouldn't even start there. Etsy is like the lowest, I would say barrier to entry, which is why there's a lot of mediocre stuff on Etsy. Yeah. <laughs> there's a That's lot true. of there's a lot of trash, right? <laughs> but <laughs> you were from
0: mediocre trash. Yeah. Let's just say be <laughs> real. Yeah. But at least it's on there. At least they
1: got it there, right? Exactly. Someone put in some effort. Some effort. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you know, it's a low barrier to entry. And if even if you have no design skills or if you're not artistic, you can hire someone. You can I have some students with VAs in the Philippines. They pay them like $4 an hour and their whole shop is filled with great designs they didn't even make. Um so you have team member, a team member. Um, so you don't have to do it all yourself. Um, so if it's not intuitive to you, or you don't have artistic, you know, abilities according to yourself, you can still do this. Um, yeah, so.
0: mm-hmm. yeah. I, I actually opened an Etsy shop during COVID. It was yep. just something that I wanted to do. But um, yes, it's. I feel like like that's the way to go. Like for moms who are just trying to get something out there. Like there's so many gifts that moms have that they Mm -hmm. can share with people. And I don't think they even realize it, you know? Um, Just going back to Amazon also. Now, isn't there an Amazon program where someone can sell print on demand and that's a low barrier of entry? Is that something that people can do as well? Or what are your thoughts on that?
1: I would still do Etsy. um, Just because the fees and everything are so different. Um, The level of control you have over your business on Etsy is so different. You have your own policy. With Amazon, you're using their policies. You have like no control. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And it's actually your own business on Etsy. It's right. just on their platform.
1: Exactly.
0: But there's also a way on Etsy to not have the dot Etsy and it could be like a Shopify. Is that correct? Is that something that they offer as well on Etsy? Well,
1: their pattern. Uh, Yeah, it's called pattern. I, th- I think you're talking about that. I wouldn't, I think that's just a program they're pushing. Maybe oh. to get a kickback. I would not do that <laughs> for okay. any of you was considering it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, and just going back to you and how you manage everything, how do you stay organized? Like, what are some tips or strategies you use to stay organized? Like yeah. your days? Cause you are doing so much.
1: Yeah. So, um, I mean, I really have, I don't do, I, I honestly, there's people who spend a whole day planning their week. That is not profitable time to, for me to be spending a day of planning. Um, I'm really, you know, a lot of what I do is just, I know where the fires are and I focus on this first. Um, I delegate everything that I can. And then I just, I literally just use my, what is it? The Apple calendar. Um, It's not even a Google calendar. I just use the one on my MacBook, and just, you know, if there's like a big thing I cannot forget to do tomorrow, it's like, you know, maybe there's four things and I just add them to tomorrow's calendar. And then My whole day is booked out through Calendly, um, which is where people schedule appointments with me. So honestly, some days I have no idea what I'm doing that day or what's on my calendar until I look at my phone. Oh, Um,
0: wow. Okay. Now, is that how it was back when you were at the apartment doing everything yourself too? Or did you have a different strategy?
1: Different strategy then. um, Because I didn't have people who needed me, just Etsy customers. Yeah. Um, So, you know, I I was... uh, I don't want to say punished, but with a baby that didn't sleep. But I was I I received a baby that did not sleep. And <laughs> I I literally almost lost my mind um with the sleep deprivation. It was 20 minute increments all night long. And I don't know how we pulled off over a hundred grand that year with Etsy, but it was twenty minute chunks. You could not you cannot predict a newborn. Like no I could I could not figure it out. Yeah. So- 20 minutes here and there, um, while they were awake, I was planning what I would do as soon as they fell asleep. Cause I knew I only had 20 minutes, mm. so I can't waste 20 minutes. That's, that was my thing then. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, as we wind down the conversation, what are some, um, things that you think that moms can monetize that they may not even be thinking about?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, think about what you did before you were a mom, like what what is your strength? What is your skill set? Um did you used to work in spreadsheets? You can literally sell spreadsheets. I have a student who made $7,000 in his first 2 months selling two spreadsheets. Um so what were you doing before kids? What is your what are your strengths? Um because there's something. You're good at something. And even if it's not something on Etsy, like selling something on Etsy, you could build a course, right? I took a $6,000 course to learn how to build this seven figure business. I now have $6,000 turned into seven figures within a year. Um, So, you know, what, what are you good at? Cause there are people who will pay you. Um, And if you can teach people how to save time or make money, you've got something.
0: Wow. That's so awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Dylan. Where can people find you if they want to know about you, more about you and the services that you provide?
1: Yeah, well, my, um, my website's dylanjaras.com or check out the YouTube channel. Also Dylan Jaris, or Instagram is also Dylan Jarris. Um, we're, I'm all over the place and we put out content like multiple times a week. So, um, there's always something new to watch and learn from.
0: Hey moms. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoy this show, I would love to hear from you by way of an encouraging review. This podcast is meant to be a blessing to mothers, so I appreciate any support for this platform. Until next time.